Uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, verse number 16. All right. And so we'll begin our reading there. Uh, you know, Abraham, uh, as we look at and, and observe this text, uh, we see that Abraham is utilized by the Apostle Paul, who's the writer of the book of Romans. And he's writing here in Romans, as I told you before, Romans is a book, um, a doctrinal book that all of us should seek to understand and to make sure that we have a good foundation in because it bridges the gap between Judaism and Christianity. It begins to, um, this book gives us an explanation and an understanding of how God used to do things and how he changed the way he used to do things and how he brought righteousness, which was going to be his way plan all along, but he brought them from uh, animal sacrifices to having the sacrificial lamb down the cross of Calvary. And by trusting in Jesus Christ, as their personal savior, they would have a right to have a personal relationship with the God who created the heavens and earth. So in order to get the Jewish Christians to understand that the Gentile Christians are in the same thing and that our faith is not based on uh, our, uh, our lineage or our heritage or how we were born, because your race, uh, when it comes to Jesus Christ, ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen. So because they were natural born Jews, did not automatically give them a right to, to a special place with God under new covenant. Okay. So he's, he's, he's teaching and he's trying to get them to understand that salvation is not based on, uh, who your family is. It's not based on where you live, but it's based on faith in Jesus Christ. And he's, he's getting them to understand that, that salvation, uh, is based on faith and faith alone and not your heritage. Okay. So he's, he's talking about Abraham here and he's letting them know because Abraham was the father of their faith. And if he could show them that Abraham was sanctified or made righteous by faith, then they should accept the fact that you're made righteous by faith and not by keeping the law. Okay. All right. So Romans, the fourth chapter, let's go uh, verse number 16. The text says, so the, the promise is received by faith. Uh, It is, it is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. Okay, let's read it one more time. So the promise is received by what? Faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Okay, creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. Verse 21, it says what? And he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Now, again, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him, Abraham, as righteous. Now, again, we're talking about uncommon faith. Uh, We see here uh, in this text and we look at and you guys know the story and we shared uh, that on last week and we'll touch a little bit on it tonight. But Abraham exhibited uncommon faith. Uh, why, why am I saying that? Uh, in verse 18, the KJV says, who against hope believed in hope. Now think about that just for a second. Who against hope believed in hope. Now again, does anybody remember what I said when you see hope in the Bible? What does, what does that really mean? The word hope. Okay, so it's an assurance Hope in, in, in a biblical sense is a confident assurance of a future event. Everybody say confident assurance of a future event. All right. That's what hope is. But it says Abraham 
who against hope believed in hope. In other words, when it, he was in a situation that was uh, biologically and physically impossible, he still believed in hope. When he was in a situation where he, Sarah's womb was dead and his ability to perform uh, the way uh, of a man in, 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 in a younger state was probably inhibited, he still had hope. He still had a confident assurance that a future event was going to take place. That future event was the, the, the birthing of a child that would become uh, part of the seed uh, that would bring the, uh, the Savior into the earth ramp. So go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. So a confident assurance he, who against hope believed in hope. Go to Hebrews 11, verse number 1 with me right quick. Glory to God. Hebrews 11, verse number 1. Glory to God. Everybody say uncommon faith. Now, guys, why are we teaching on this? Well, I believe God is having us teach on this because it's critically important that you and I realize that there are going to be some times in our lives uh, where, where we're going to have to step out in what is called uncommon faith. In other words, that faith that goes beyond what, faith is always going beyond what you can see and believe, but, but I believe there are going to be some times in our life where, where it's going to have to be that supernatural faith, that faith that just boggles the mind, that just leaves everybody dumbfounded as to how God did what he did in your life. I believe that God wants to do that. He wants to have each one of us experience uh, a period of uncommon faith where where he does something so great, so mind boggling that we, we that we can't keep talking about it. We can't stop from talking about it. I believe that God wants to do that in the lives of believers here in this church. Amen. Because if he's going to do what he's shown me, he's going to do through this ministry, which is have kingdom impact beyond Benton beyond Shreveport Bossier on a worldwide basis in order to do that it's going to take people with uncommon faith abiding in here it's going to, it's going to take people who who will believe the promise even though they don't see the promise who will believe the word as the word is given before they ever see it manifest, manifested in their life because that's what faith is watch what the text says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Can we read that out loud together one more time? It says what? Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Okay? It's the confidence. It gives us, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Uh, again, hope is confidence of a future event. Okay, it gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Now, again, watch this. This this mindset or this way of thinking should permeate our very existence and our very being. Why do I say this? Because if this is the definition of faith, then the, the Bible says the just shall live by what? Okay? When it says the just shall live by faith, who are the just? Born again believers are the just. In other words, the just are those who've been justified in Christ. These those who, who've been made right before God based on what Jesus Christ did. We've accepted his sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary. We believe that through receiving that and knowing that he's coming back again, then that belief in Jesus Christ and, in, and, and we invited him to come into our heart to save us, then now we are now justified. So if the just lives by faith, then that means that in our lives, there ought to be plenty of times where we are standing up and we're saying, okay, I got confidence in what I hope for is going to actually happen, and I got an assurance that even though I can't see it, it is mine. I got assurance that even though uh, you know, I hadn't figured it out on paper yet, but God told me and he promised me and I don't know where the money is going to come from to, to make it happen, but God, I believe that it is going to happen. See, we got to have those times in, those, in a situation where we, not times, but really the Bible says the just shall live by faith. In other words, our lifestyle should be consistent with us believing for the things that we cannot see. So the question becomes, when you look at your own individual life, are you consistently believing God for things that you cannot see? Are you consistently living a life of faith to where you, 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 you went to the book, 
You found the promise. You're quoting the promise. You're speaking the promise, even though you don't feel it, even though you don't see it, even though you hadn't figured it out, but you're still believing it. Do you have areas in your life where that's happening right now? Think about it for a second. Are you really living by faith or are you living by emotions or are you living by what you can see on a regular basis? You got to ask yourself that question because if the just lives by faith and if you can't identify no area right now where you believe in God for something that you can't see, can't touch, can't feel right now, then, then maybe you need to go back and, and get a better understanding of what it means to walk in faith, particularly uncommon faith. Everybody say uncommon faith. So again, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Look at the next verse just for good measure. It says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Verse 3 for good measure says, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse 4 says what? Uh, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks for us by his example of faith. And this this verse, this passage keeps on going down and listing all of those who we commonly refer to as the heroes of faith. OK, but guys, we got to realize that that God expects us to walk in uncommon faith. God expects us to live a life of faith to the point to where when he gives us a promise, Cassandra, we don't doubt his promise. Remember, go back to, go back to uh, Romans, uh, the fourth chapter right quick, and we'll, we'll keep moving here. Uh, because the text says something very interesting, and again, uh, when, every time I read this, it kind of jumps off the page at me. Uh, the text says here uh, in the... Uh, 16, go back to the 16th verse, 16th verse of that fourth chapter, okay? Let's look at this right quick. Uncommon faith. I want to, guys, I want to, I, I don't want to put any limits on God. And if you are honest, just like I'm going to be honest, there are times where I put limits on God. Because I, I, I'll look at my circumstance or I'll look at what I can see rather than what I can't see, all right, I'll, 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 put, I'll get my eyes off of God and get it on, on the problem that needs to be solved, and then I'll start focusing on the problem so much that I take my eyes off of him. Am I the only one that does that? All right, I'm not proud of it, guys, because God told me to just should live by faith, so anytime I take my eyes off of him and place it on the problem, now we got to, again, if there's an issue or a problem or situation that needs to be dealt with, we do focus in on it, try to get it solved. But what I'm saying is there are times when, when I put too much attention on the problem and how I can't figure it out, and I take my attention off of the one who can figure it out, the one who's already figured it out. Are y'all listening to me? So we got to make sure that we don't get to the point to where we are living our life based on what we see. All right? Now, again, for all y'all spooky spiritual people here, I got to help you out, too, because some people get spooky spiritual. Are, are y'all with me? In other words, you, you, you say, OK, but Pastor, I can't I can't see how you know, God's going to going to do it for him, but I know he's going to do it. Uh, you know, we need food to eat and that type of thing. But I, I don't know where it's coming from. Well, first thing you got to do is, 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 is realize, OK, yeah, God is a provider, but you got to go get a job. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, he's going to make a way somehow. Yes, he is when you go to work. For all the spooky spiritual people. All right? In other words, there, there is, there is a, a process here. God will bless. And so when I say living by not what we see but what we don't see, uh, this, this doesn't mean that you check common sense at the door, but you don't live just by common sense. Does that make sense? We live by faith. The just shall live by what faith? What we can't see. All right. Watch this. Watch. So the promise is received by what? Faith. The promise is received how? By faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who what? Believe. Now remember, go back. Who's writing? 
Apostle Paul is writing this text. He's writing to the saints in Rome. He's got Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians in this new institution that's called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all know that, right? And so you got people from different backgrounds coming together into one institution, and he's trying to get them to come together and to understand how this thing works. And again, you have Jewish Christians and, and Gentile believers, and he's tracing everybody back to Abraham. Because if, if he can show the Gentiles, I mean the Jews, that Abraham was justified by faith, then he's got a chance to convince them that they are justified by faith and not by keeping the law and not by circumcision and not by meeting on certain days and not by wearing your hair long and not by wearing dresses. None of that stuff makes you righteous. You can wear a dress, you can wear pants, you can wear hair long and still be messed up on the inside. Are y'all listening to me? Okay. All right. So he's writing here to try to get everybody on the same page so that we can go forth and do the work of ministry. Now, let's let's go to the next verse here. Okay. because, again, I I told you, first of all, when you when you survey this chapter, the first thing you understand in verses one through eight was, number one, I told you, Abraham was justified by faith and not by works. Everybody say Abraham was justified by faith and not by works. Second thing I told you on last week was he was justified by grace and not by what? Law. He was justified by, justified by grace and not by law. Look at verse number 17. It says, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of what? Here's what we got to understand. God don't need anything to make something. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, th- that, verse, that verse says here um, in, in, uh, in verse 17 from the KJV says, as it is written, I made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. In other words, God has a, has a pattern of calling or speaking something that doesn't look like what he's speaking. In other words, when God says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we don't look righteous sometimes, do we? When God says that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you, sometimes, if the truth be told, you don't feel like a conqueror. Okay, everybody's strong all the time, right? Everybody's standing in faith. There are times when we don't look like what God calls us. But I'm here to tell you, if God says you are, then you got to stand on that and believe that you are. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Trust that God's word is true. And Lou, if he says you are more than a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. Are you listening to me today? Okay. All right. So let's keep moving. So again, he, the third thing I think I gave you, I don't know if I, we may have left off here. He was justified by resurrection power, not human effort. Okay? Resurrection power, not human effort. Now let's go to the next verse. Let's go. Uh, it says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Next verse. Let's go. It says what? And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he, was, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Now, again, here's the uncommon faith part that we were getting to, and I want us to, to focus in on, because I, I want to look at another instance in, in Scripture, two other instances where Jesus was involved, and Jesus said, you know, he was astonished. He, he said he hadn't found so great a faith in all of Israel. And you're going to notice that in those two incidents that we, we the Lord helped us to get to tonight, is that both of the people who exhibited great uh, uncommon faith were Gentiles and not Jews. All right. Th- th- those folks uh, exhibited such faith that Jesus said, man, this, this is astonishing. This is amazing. All right. So watch it. I want I want. Here's what I'm after, guys. I'm, I'm telling you what I'm after. I want God to be able to brag on some of us and say, man, I hadn't seen so great a faith in all of Benton, Louisiana. I hadn't seen so great a faith in all of Bozeman Parish. I hadn't seen so great a faith in all of Northwest Louisiana. And man, I tell you what, that Carl Jones stood in faith and he believed God. And I want God to be able to brag and say, Carl, I hadn't seen that here in Benton. How many of you want God to brag on you? I don't know about you, but I, I, would love, I don't want to brag on myself, but if God's going to brag on me, hey, brag on, Daddy. It's, a, it's, it's great when our Father can say something good about us. 
Similar to the earthly father. When your earthly father can say something good about you and confirm you, amen, it makes a big difference, right? All right, all right, so watch, watch this. All right, so as we look here, let's go. And Abraham's, again, 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Here's the uncommon faith, okay? We know that naturally nothing should be happening, right? Come on, let's just fast forward. Even during this time, again, people live longer, but let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. Even today, if you had a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman who came and announced to the church that they were with child. What, see, y'all laughing now. See, that's uncommon, isn't it? If we, ha- if we had a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman announcing that they're going to have a child, I could imagine the atmosphere in this place. First of all, there'd be disbelief, right? Most of y'all would be shaking your head like, uh, uh, did somebody give them some of that new weed? Or, or, huh? we, we, we would be, we would be, our minds would be tripping, okay? Can I put it that way? That's old school, Kathy, isn't it? Uh, tripping. Y'all know what tripping means? That, that's when you're talking fools. You, you don't know what you're talking about. That, that's, that's a 1970s and early 80s term. Man, do you tripping. All right, now some of you younger, Austin and, 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 and uh, share, uh, y'all, y'all, do y'all know what tripping means? Okay, okay y'all, y'all in with me, okay? Y'all got a little old school in you too, right? All right, so, so we would have been saying this is, this is impossible, but watch what the text says. Let's move on. Uncommon faith. Next verse, verse 20, let's read. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises, In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. See, our faith, when we stand in it, it can bring glory to God. That's what it's all about. It's not bringing glory to ourselves. But everything that we do, child of God, we should bring glory to him. Never forget that God is the one who deserves all of the glory, not us. I don't care what, what miraculous thing God's done in your life. I don't care how he blesses you. Always give him the glory. Never focus on yourself. Put the attention on him because he's the one that gives us what we need. All right. Go to the next verse. Let's read this. Verse 21 says he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And that's where God is trying to get us to the point. People who walk in uncommon faith are convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises promises, okay? Whatever he promises. Now again, uh, let's, let's go back. Uh, again, don't miss the point of Paul's uh, analogy here in using Abraham. He's trying to get the Jewish Christian to realize that Abraham was declared righteous when he was in a state of uncircumcision, when, before he ever was circumcised as a sign of the covenant, right? Because all Jews, all male uh, uh, babies who were born uh, after the covenant, were circumcised after a certain period of time. I think it's on the eighth day that they were circumcised, right? So the circumcision was a sign of the covenant, all right? The covenant that God had with that nation of Israel to bring the Savior into the earth realm. If God was going to pour out of himself and become human flesh, he had to have a family to come through, right? So he chose the nation of Israel to birth the Savior into the earth realm. And so Abraham was the one who, uh, who, who's the father of the faith, so to speak. And so the circumcision that took place took place after he had already been declared righteous. Now, from the Jewish point of view, Abraham was actually, uh, you know, when you think about Jews, think that every, every man who, who's Jewish and has covenant has to be circumcised, okay? But again, Abraham, uh, Abraham was not, he was not, when he was declared righteous, circumcised yet, right? Because that was before the covenant came. So we got to realize that, that Abraham uh, was, was the father of the faith, but he, but he was not righteous based on keeping that law, not uh, keeping that covenant of, of circumcision. Now, again, let's go back and think about this for a second. When we think about ourselves as born-again believers, there are certain things that we should do in, based on God's word. And, but again, our righteousness and our goodness and our right standing before God is not based on how good we keep the law or how good we obey God's law. Now, we ought to obey God's law, but our righteousness is not based on how, how well we do that. 
Because otherwise, some of y'all's righteousness would be better than mine because maybe you, do, maybe you did more stuff than I did. So righteousness is not based on keeping how, how well we keep it. It's based on who we receive into our heart as our personal Savior. Are y'all still tracking with me today? Okay. So now, again, we said that Abraham was, was justified by resurrection power and not by human effort. In those last, last verses of this chapter, 18, 18 through 25, uh, it's actually a, an expansion on that, on that phrase in verse number 17 when it says, who quickened the dead. Paul saw the rejuvenation of Abraham's body as a picture of resurrection from the dead. And then he related it to the resurrection of Christ. In other words, at 99 or 100, almost 100 years of age, for his body to become alive and produce the sperm to be able to, to have intercourse with Sarah and produce the child, that meant his body became alive again. Now think about this for a second. And I'm going to say this, and I hope, I hope I don't offend anybody in here. Please don't be offended. But do you not realize that, that, that uh, for a lot of men, Viagra made them feel alive again? Can we talk? All right. <laughs> I, from the standpoint of being, you know, being able to, you know, okay, all right. All right, I'm getting uncomfortable myself, okay? And I, I thought when I, when I first came to my mind, that sounded like a good example, but, I, but I'm going to stop because I got uncomfortable saying that. But, but in actuality, <laughs> Abraham's body became alive again because who against hope, he believed in hope. Who against all odds, believed what God said, took it in, Amen. Walked about and his body became alive. <laughs> Resurrected. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So y'all, some of y'all keep your mind in the right place. Okay. <sighs> Hallelujah. Okay. Now again, I told you on last week, as I move her to close, <laughs> I told you on last week that, that one of the things that God did, God and he'll do this in our own lives. God will let you keep messing around trying to fix it until you can't, until you finally realize you can't fix it. God, as long as you keep on holding on to it and not giving him, to, giving it to him, he'll let you keep on holding on to it. The Bible says in the New Testament, cast all of your cares upon him for he careth for you. So if I have a care, if I have a concern, if I have an issue or situation, I'm supposed to throw it over on him. But as long as I keep it, as long as I keep letting it burden me down, as long as I keep walking up on it, falling, scuffling, you know, straining and striving, God will keep on letting me struggling, straining and striving because I have not cast it over on him. Sometimes God has to let us get out the way, finally release it, and when we release it, he'll come in and take it. When we release it and give it to him, he'll receive it. But as long as you're trying to fix it, as long as you're trying to do it, God, God, God can't do it. That's not the way he works. He wants us to cast our cares upon him. So Abraham and Sarah at 190, it could not be questioned that this was a God thing. It could not be questioned that the Lord was not in the middle of this thing. Are y'all listening to me today? All right. So again, God got to wait. Here's the application I see here as it relates to Sarah and Abraham's age, God has to wait until the, the sinner is dead and unable to help himself before he can release his saving power, even when it comes to those who are trying to receive salvation, okay? Now, go, back, go, go with me, if you will. Let's go back to verse number 23. Uh, no, go back to with, with me to verse number 21. Verse 21, we go down to the end of this chapter, okay? So uncommon faith. I got to let you see a couple of the instances of this kind of faith. Because, guys, when this happens and you give your praise report, we want to be able to shout with you. When God does something supernatural in your life, when he does something that's, that's, that's uncommon, I'm, I'm talking about stuff that, that there's no other explanation but God. It couldn't work. Some of y'all saying, my marriage, there's no other explanation but God. We, 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 would, we should have been in divorce court 20 years ago, but we're still making it. We're still striving, and, and, and the tables are starting to turn. Yeah. 
For some of y'all, that's a miracle. Am I right about it? Amen. I thank God that he turned mine over 31 years ago. And I'll be married 33 years to Sister Maria Nikita's Kirk Adams. But, but 31 years ago, come on, he had to turn some stuff. Hello? And then every, even in between, then there's some stuff I had to turn a little bit. Amen? Because how many of y'all know uh, that when you're in covenant relationship with someone, you have to learn how to live in covenant. And if you hadn't been taught how to live in covenant, you'd do stuff the way you've always saw it done or what you, what you think is right. But once we learn how to turn over to God, things begin to change. All right. So watch this. Verse 21. Are you still with me? He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And we got to get to that point in our own life. It doesn't matter what it feels like, what it thinks, no matter how many times you failed before, you got to be convinced that God is able to do what he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. God counted him as righteous. Verse number 23, let's read together. It says, well, and when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded, watch this, for our benefit, right? It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, okay? Now, so, uh, you know, we, we got to get to a point to where, guys, that we're walking in faith and not in unbelief, doubt and unbelief. All of these facts make Abraham's faith that much more wonderful, guys, because he didn't have a Bible to read. He had only the simple promise of God. He was almost, he was almost alone as a believer, if you think about it, surrounded by heathen unbelievers. He could not look back at a long record of faith. In fact, he was helping to write the record himself with his own life. Amen. Yet Abraham believed God. Now, guys, today we have a complete Bible. We have a history of, of what God has done. We see uh, it written out in the text. We saw how God moved. And yet still, uh, you know, even when we're in fellowship with believers in the church and we can look back and see people through centuries of faith uh, recording the Bible and church history and see what's going on. And yet many of us still refuse to believe. We've seen the hand of God move in our parents' life, in our, in our ancestors' life, and yet we still refuse to believe. We've seen God do miraculous things in the lives of, of African Americans in this country. Guys, if nobody else ought to have faith, we ought to have it. Now, I want you, I want, uh, let's go back from a historical perspective right quick. I want you to think about this for a second. For, for, for us, particularly, and again, I'm just talking about from a historical perspective. From, from a historical perspective, we ought to be a people of faith that nobody else is. Because we can trace our history in this country back to slavery. When we were brought over on slave ships, and now we, we, we have been, ethnically been, sitting in the highest office in this country. And, and we have opportunities to do many different things that you go back 30, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 100 years, we were not allowed to do. But now we can do it. If nobody else ought to have faith, we ought to have it. See, here's what I do. I sit around and I think about where we were and what we had to deal with and people were successful then. And I look at what we have now in the environment that's much more conducive to doing things. And back 70, 80 years ago, whatever, there were laws that prevented you from doing things. And now those laws are not there Outwardly, yeah, you may have some people who have something in their heart against you, but let, let, let me tell you something. God has given us the ability to do whatever we want to do. So what I'm telling you is if nobody else don't have faith, we ought to have it. If nobody else can look back over historically where God has brought it from, African-Americans ought to be able to do that and ought to be standing tall in faith. You ought to be saying, it, it, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We ought to be able to say that loud and clear and quit whining and complaining about what we can't do. I'm one who believes that we can do whatever we set our mind and our heart to do if we trust God and stand in faith. All right? So now, guys, let me give you, when we look into the word of God, uh, there are three things we got to do if we're going to have uncommon faith. Three things I want you to make sure that you just kind of jot down. I think I may have given two, two or three of these to you before, but I want you to just put it back down in your memory bank, okay? All right, one thing that we got to do is if we're going to have uncommon faith, the first thing that we got to do is we got to receive the word. Everybody say receive the word. 
Go to James 1, 18. Now, that may sound simple because y'all sit up here listening to me talk, listening to me preach, but everybody's not receiving what I'm saying. Hello? Somebody heard me say something about historically speaking, and, and, and I'm saying now that, 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 that we can do whatever we want to do. Somebody said, no, 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 bro, Pastor, you in the South. And in the South, you know, there's certain things you can't do. Wait, wait, who told you that? God didn't tell you that. Guys, we got we to gotta learn how to overcome uh, our own mindset, our own thinking. Our own limited thinking can keep us from walking in uncommon faith. Look at James 1, 18 with him right quick. Down through verse number 20. We must receive the word. So to receive the word means that not only do I hear it audibly, but I take it, I digest it, I, I run it through the annals of my mind, and I let it go down in my heart, and I allow it to settle that. David, I think it was David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I got to get the word out of my head down into my heart. Because if I keep it up in my head, the enemy's going to come and begin to try to snatch it away. He's going to begin to bring other thoughts to try to steal that word that's just in my head, and I get it out of my heart. When I get it out of my heart, it keeps me grounded and rooted. Watch what the text says. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Talking about mankind, okay? Look at the next verse. Let's read. It says what? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get what? Angry. All right. Verse number 20. Let's read. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now back up here. Go back, go back to the, the previous verse. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That's, that's, that's a good model to have in your own life. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Don't you don't have to say something right away when somebody says something to you. Weigh it over your mind or say, well, listen, let me think about that for a second. I'll get back with you. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Don't say nothing. Sometimes we'll pop off and feel like we got to say something at, the, at a, in an inopportune time. We really don't have nothing to say. Then we go say something we regret later on. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20, come on, let's go. Uh, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. 21, let's read. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted, what? In your heart, for it has the power to save your soul. Humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart. Humbly receive the word that God has planted in your heart today. Uncommon faith says that I got to, first of all, receive God's word. Because remember, uh, Abraham believed what God had told him about becoming the father of many nations. Who against hope believed in hope. He believed what the word says, even though biologically it was impossible. See, if God gives you a promise, I don't care what it looks like, feels like, what the experts say, you trust what God's word says. So until we can get to that point to where we receive the word, and, and I, guys, I'm going to tell you, I was saved for a period of time before I really began to understand how to, how to rationally, with common sense, with biblical understanding, accept God's word and begin to govern my life by it because for a long period of time I, kept, I went to church but church didn't affect how I lived outside how many of y'all were in that boat where you went to church had a good time felt good about yourself but but when it came to making everyday decisions I was not doing that because in a lot of cases besides treating everybody right do unto others you had them do unto you I'm talking about specific things that the Bible told us to do and not to do. Okay? Th that was not a part of my, my, my regimen because for a period of time, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get teaching ministry on how to handle certain issues based on what the Word of God says. We were just told, be good people. You, you say, try to treat everybody right. Yes, good. But there are certain things that we ought to know how to do based on what the Word of God says. Okay? So receive the Word, the first thing. After receiving it, we must, number two, we must respond to it. We got to respond to it. Look, look down with me at 22 through 25 of James, same chapter. 22 through 25. We got to respond to that word. You got to receive it first. All right? Because again, when you come to church, 
and you sit there and you listen, are you really receiving? That's the question. Or is what I'm saying just kind of going in this ear and it's on the other side making an exit out? Are you receiving it? And we got to respond to it. Watch what it says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. When we teach about uh, controlling our temper, when we teach about uh, managing our, 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 our money and our finances uh, the right way, um, and, and we don't manage them the right way, then we end up being broke and, and then we end up uh, going around the same mountain over and over again because we won't do what we've been taught, okay? And, and that could be in various areas, finances, uh, rearing of our children, having a, a vibrant, uh, a fulfilled relationship with our spouse when, when it comes to uh, being able to serve properly, being able to minister and to share, uh, being able to, to go out and reach and evangelize. When we don't do this stuff, guys, then we're just fooling our own self. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You feel good about coming on Sunday, but if you're not doing any of this stuff, you're just fooling yourself. Just coming on Sunday and coming on Wednesday is great. I thank God. And, and listen, you guys are, 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 are warriors. You guys uh, you know, work all day. And some of you work eight hours, some of you work 10 hours, and some of you got stuff on your mind. Some of you went home and cooked. Some of y'all just said, I'm going by McDonald's today, or some of y'all ain't cooked nothing. You ain't cooked all week. And so, but you're here. You're here. Okay? All right, you're here. You made up in your mind. You said, you said I'm going I'm to, I'm, Wednesday night, uh, prayer meeting Bible says, Pastor Adam may have something to, to, to say to me that's going to challenge me to live my life better. So you guys are here. I, I, I commend you. I'm not, listen, I, I, I'm not mad at you because I thank God that you're here. You're here to, to first of all, uh, receive the word and prayerfully you're here not only just to receive but to respond to it. You made a conscious effort to be here on Wednesday night. Guys, I'll tell you before, Sunday is kind of easy. Everybody comes on Sunday. And I thank God for Sunday morning Christmas. But everybody don't show up on Wednesday. Now, do y'all think everybody come here on Sunday working tonight? No, absolutely not. Do you think everybody that, that's not here tonight uh, has got something uh, 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 in their body that's causing sickness? Now, everybody's not sick because they'll be at work tomorrow, right? Now, here's, here's what people will say. Now, again, y'all are here, so I'm not preaching to the, I don't want to spend time preaching to what people ain't doing. I'm just kind of sharing with you because y'all got some friends in this church. Y'all got some people who you minister to and share with who, who don't understand the importance of getting a receptive word on a consistent basis because the enemy is coming to attack you as soon as you hear that word on Sunday. By the time Wednesday, get here, your mind all discombobulated. He already got you jacked up. You ready to jack somebody else up. Hello? So you got, you got to come back and get refreshed and get re-empowered so that you can run on to Sunday. Because some of y'all know, some of y'all know, if y'all go too long, y'all some trouble. You trouble. You just, you just mess people up. And God don't need you messing people up. But you're here. And I thank God for you. But there are people who, who don't understand that, that our corporate study time is a time for us to, to even press in a little bit closer. To get a better understanding. So I thank God for you. So tell the other one, say, listen, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to see you come join me. And as we go into the new year, we'll be going through some different studies uh, on, on Wednesday nights to help us to, to even augment what we're doing on Sunday mornings. So uh, but but it's good that you're here. But you got to respond to what you're hearing. OK, receive it and then respond. Verse number 20, 23. Let's go. Let's go. It says what? But for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Everybody got a mirror at the house, right? How many houses have mirrors? Everyone does, okay? You want to see how you look before you go out, right? Is that right? All right, look at verse 24. Let's go. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you look like. That's, what, that's, that's how people who hear the word, but don't do it, is, are being compared to a person who looks in the mirror, uh, walks away, forgets that their hair is unkept or something is out of place, okay? Look at verse 25, let's go. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And watch this. Did it say God will bless you for hearing it? Some people think 
that they're going to get blessed by coming to church on Sunday and hearing it. But my Bible and yours, if you read it, does it say anything different than the KJV? Let's go to the KJV. And I, I use the New Living Translation, guys, because it's modern translation and it's more in, 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 in tune and in line with our modern thing. I, I, I preach from the KJV and, and both of these. I, I found a New Living Translation to be a, a very good uh, modern translation. It's not magic in the KJV. There's magic. It's not magic in anything. It's the anointing and God's word comes on the Bible. So this, this translation here says, but whosoever looking into perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a man, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The one who's, who's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So God blesses the man who does the word and not just hears it. God blesses the man who responds. So uncommon faith will not occur in any of our lives if we don't receive the word first and then we don't respond to it. So respond means that I got to do what it's instructed me to do. I got to look at it, uh, every little word, verse by verse, every little word in that verse, and make a conscious decision to do that word. Okay? So I got to respond. Everybody say respond. All right. Lastly, uh, we must reflect that word. Reflect it. We're going to reflect that word. We've got to receive it, respond to it, and reflect it. Look at verse 26 and 27 of, this, of James. Okay? Now watch this. This is real important. If I'm going to reflect something, that means that a reflection uh, is, 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 is a picture of, of likeness. Uh, I'm going to reflect it. Okay? Uh, a, a mirror reflects your image. I know, how many of y'all ever gotten mad at the mirror before? Anybody, anybody? I don't know about y'all, but anybody ever got mad at the mirror before? All the mirror does is reflect what <laughs> your image. And when you look in that mirror and you try those pants on, that shirt on, and maybe your stomach is out here, your butt's out here, your hips out here, all that mirror is doing, don't quit throwing the cup at the mirror and breaking the mirror. It's just a reflection of your image. Amen? And mirrors, they don't lie. <laughs> That's the, mirrors don't lie. They just show you your reflection. And I mean, there are times when I look in the mirror, I'm like, man, is that me? <laughs> can, can, can I get one witness up in here? How many of y'all look in the mirror and say, you know, ooh, I got to do something? Amen. Am I the only one? I got to do something. Okay, I got to do something. All right. If you claim to be religious, watch this. But don't control your tongue. You're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Now watch this. This is, this is for all the people who say, well, I just, I just tell folk what's on my mind. Well, I just say whatever comes to mind. Don't, don't, don't ever say that. And don't brag about that either. Do you not know that's not wisdom? Some stuff you all not say, even though you can say it. Amen, all, all you, you loose-tongued folks here. Look at this. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Somebody ain't liking that. Look at 27. Let's read. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world do what? Refusing to let the world corrupt you. Amen? Now, again, let's go back again. If we're going to uh, position ourselves for uncommon faith, we're going to, first of all, have to do what? We're going to have to receive the word. You got to receive it. Abraham received it. He received that word. The word came from whom? God the Father. God said, uh, you know, it's, you, you, your, your seed and your generation is not going to come from the child that you had with, your, uh, with the, uh, the slave girl. Uh, you, you, your, your seed is going to come through Sarah. I know y'all old, 
I know your bodies are a past childbearing age and all that, but you know what? I got a word for you. And Abraham locked on to that word and he believed it. He trusted in it, okay? So pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father is, again, careful, means careful orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Abraham didn't allow the condition of his body to overtake what he knew the promised word was. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if I don't have a word, I can't have faith. That's why it's so important for us to be in our Bibles, because if I don't have word on the issue, I can't have faith for the issue. If I don't have a word on healing, I can't have faith for healing. If I don't have a word on forgiveness, I can't really truly forgive like I need to forgive. If I don't have a word on anything, then I can't have faith in that thing. So if God tells me something, I want to know what he told me, and I'm, I'm going to stand on that promise. Even if I can't see it, I can't rationalize it with my own mind, I'm going to trust that his word is true. And that's all God's trying to get us to do, to trust that his word is true. I'm here to tell you guys, when I learned that principle, and when I learned how to, to take the words I hear on Sundays and Wednesdays and then make a conscious effort to apply it in my life, then I begin to see God move in my life. Faith moves the hands of God. Obedience moves the hand of God. So we got to receive the word. We got to respond to the word. And we must reflect that word. Okay. All right. So now I don't have time, guys, tonight to get into the second one. But I want to, uh, on next week, the Lord say the same. Uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, Jesus' interaction with this lady in Matthew, the 15th chapter, where we see another example of uncommon faith. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse starting at verse number 21. We're going to see where Jesus did something that was, you know, when I first read it, I'm like, hmm, that's a little odd. That's a little weird. But, I, uh, but as I studied it out, I, I, I saw what he was doing uh, uh, and I saw how he was moving this lady to a position to where uh, her faith was, was growing. And it, it was an amazing thing because she was a Gentile uh, who was approaching the Jewish Messiah. She was a Gentile that, that came uh, looking for healing, amen, for her, for her daughter. And so Jesus is a divine healer. Y'all do know that, right? And so we're going to look at that on next week and, and, and one other instance of, of, of faith that was uncommon, faith that, 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 that blew the mind, faith that caused, amen, supernatural things to take place. And I, I want God to do that in all of our lives. I want us to be able to experience God's supernatural power working in our life. Amen? So everybody say uncommon faith. Say, I want to walk in uncommon faith. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.